everybody. Welcome to the Red Zone Report right here on the Built in Buffalo YouTube channel. The show was presented by PLB Sports Entertainment, the makers of Josh's Jacks, Stefan Diggs' Hot Sauce line, and the Josh Coffee line. I am blessed and I don't have words, bro. I, I am blessed and, and, and gifted here tonight to be able to do this post-game show today. And I'll be doing my show tomorrow still. So tune in with my man, Akeem Richens, co-founder of the Buff Built in Buffalo Network, uh, YouTube, Facebook, uh, podcasts, Twitter, all that. The man, the myth, the legend, the man who brought me here. Let's go. Welcome to the show, Akeem. There he is. What's up, Akeem? Yes, yes, ladies and gentlemen, Ave Rich, Akeem Richens. If you don't know us by now, please get to know us. This is Built in Buffalo. Izzy, uh, I'm glad to be a guest on, especially after a game like that. What a victory for our Buffalo Bills, defeating the Miami Dolphins by the score of 32 to 29, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I know it's late, but I'm excited. My wife is going to tell me to keep it down, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to try to temper my emotions, but I'm very excited. I'm not a good listener, especially after Bill's victories. I tell you what, man, my kids are all 15 and older, so they can stay the hell up. It's cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, my youngest is 15. He's, he's in his little uh, room right now playing video games, playing Apex Legends. He's got his headphones on. He can't hear me no matter. My other son's in his goblin cave, and my girls are doing their thing. They're 20 years old. They can, they can, they can relax, all right? Uh, plus, I got to get up early for the World Cup finale tomorrow. But, man, oh, man, what a game that was. Yeah, most definitely, man. Most definitely was a, a excellent performance. First of all, it was an excellent trio of games, man, so to speak, right? Because it was it just on a, on a Saturday, you start with the Minnesota Vikings and the Colts. You, you've seen the theatrics there. That was that's 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 a whole nother discussion. Right. And, and and then the Cleveland Browns defeating the Baltimore Ravens. And it wasn't a, a a great game, but it wasn't a poor game. And it definitely had its moments. And to cap it off with our game man, the Buffalo Bills defeating the Miami Dolphins by the score of 32-29. I just felt that uh, this was a, a major victory for the team. Right. This was something that we, we talked about the weather all week. We thought that was something that was going to be a hindrance to the Miami Dolphins. I think when you're playing football and when you're in the NFL, I think that's a little overblown. And I think the Buffalo Bills, they just did what they had to do to secure that victory, especially in the first half. I want to get your thoughts, Izzy. What you what you thought about let, – let's break it into sections. What you thought about the first half performance for the Buffalo Bills? I mean, the first half performance of the Buffalo Bills, for the most part, was a very good performance. Uh, I wouldn't call it stellar, but it was definitely an excellent performance by the offense. The defense kind of – you know, they did their thing holding them to field goals and, you know, the, the touchdown they got. It's the Dolphins. They got Tyreek Hill. They got Jalen Waddle. They're going to get theirs. You know, like like every team says, or every you know, when you're playing a good team, the Dolphins are a good team. Mm -hmm. Let's mm -hmm. not sit here and sleep on them like, like they're trash. We didn't play the Dolphins of last year or, you know, the Dolphins of, of you know, the last 10 years. This was the Dolphins of this year, and they're actually a, a pretty decent team. They're not great by any any means, in my opinion. They're, they're a good team. They're a playoff team, in my opinion. Uh, they got to win uh, a couple games left this season to make the playoffs, and you know they'll see somebody there probably that will either beat them, or if they see, I think the Titans they could beat. Uh, if they see the Bengals, no, and if they see the Chiefs, no. But you, you never know. I think that the Dolphins are, are, are a very um, worthy opponent. And first half, I think I think that the Bills did their thing, and I, I can't complain. Yeah, most definitely. Um, the first half was it was more about the offense, the first half. Right. Because Josh Allen, I think he did an excellent job, especially, you know, uh, in that first half, carrying the offense, scoring touchdowns in, in red zone opportunities. And that's something that I think the Buffalo Bills wanted to work on throughout the season. I think they they progressed tremendously. Not only are they not turning over the football anymore in the red zone, we have to start by we have to start there, right? Let's start by protecting the football. But now we're not even scoring, having field goals. We're scoring touchdowns, and that was the difference in the first half with the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, we was able to score touchdowns, and it was a little scary uh, to end that first half with Josh Allen. Uh, uh, that time expired and, and hitting Josh, uh, James Cook in the end zone. That's something that 
you don't want to see, but you, 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 you live with because of the outcome, right? But that is something that Josh Allen, he definitely want to be a little bit more heady in terms of clock management, in terms of getting the ball out quicker so we can, we can live to see another down and score points, even if it's a field goal. So besides that, I think the first half went well. I didn't like how Mostert, uh, Mostert, uh, he went off, right? He had 136 yards on 17 carries. He had a lot of big explosive uh, plays. I think we lost gap integrity there. I thought we lost gap containment. Uh, we struggled with tackling a little bit, so we had to clean up some things on the defensive side of the ball in terms of stopping the run. And I think we did a better job that second half. But the first half, uh, they was definitely explosive uh, between the 20s uh, with their running backs. Yeah, absolutely. No, they, they definitely were. Um, honestly, I'm surprised uh, of the way they scored touchdowns. Uh, you know, they, they really did the uh, the thing with the, the pass game. I figured they'd have, you know, the two touchdowns that they scored would be rushing, but they were, you know, one was passing, one was rushing, and one was really kind of our guys missing tackles, which is not really like Milano and, and our guys, but their running backs are pretty quick, and, and they're used to make, breaking tackles, or not breaking, but, like, you know, making people miss, which is, you know, understandable, I guess, but still, you got you got to make the tackle. You got you got you to wrap up. You, you can't just let somebody shake you out of your shoes right there in front of you. Um, but the, the first half, you know, Josh with three touchdowns and over 200 yards in that half mm -hmm. and just putting, you know, putting his stamp on it. Mm -hmm. uh, the second half, a different story. Uh, you know, Josh had the one touchdown. But is it, is it weird to you that the Bills had three passing or four passing touchdowns in the game and all of them to tight ends and, and running backs, none of them to receivers? Uh, to me, that's a little weird. But I, if it's me and I'm the Dolphins, I'm not letting Diggs beat me in the end zone. This is, this is not happening. He does it all the time against the Dolphins. And mm -hmm. this time they were like, you're going to have to go somewhere else. And they did. And, you know, Quentin Morris with his first touchdown in the NFL. And mm -hmm. then uh, James Cook with his, you know, receiving touchdown he got. But Nine Himes with his first touchdown with the team. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the last one I was saying, uh, when I saw Dawson mm -hmm. go into motion and, and sit there on the inside between the receiver and the tackle, I was like, I, I feel a little Dawson Knox. And my wife was like, well, I hope so. And mm -hmm. he caught the touchdown. I said it. I said Dawson Knox. Yeah, and yeah. I was, dude, I, I was pumped. This game was so hyped. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I Bills fans in my in my chats, you know, with Bills Mafia International and Built in Buffalo, mm -hmm. were concerned. And I was like, dude, we're gonna pull this out. Like, we're gonna we're not gonna pull up Philip Rivers. We're gonna pull this thing out, and we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> get going. The Bills are gonna the Bills are gonna pull this thing out and win this game through hell or high water or in this case snow and the football gods shined upon us in the fourth quarter and gave us what we needed they gave us that snow and i really don't think we needed it we were stopping them you know regularly but there were plays where we missed poyer uh missed edmonds telling him hey, hey whoa, whoa waddle's mm -hmm. going that way and poyer missed that one and they scored that touchdown mm -hmm. i think that mm -hmm. the that the bills you know and dolphins have a rivalry as brewing um I guess we'll see how it goes from here. But even still with this close game, it still feels like the Dolphins collapse is still happening. It still feels like the Dolphins collapse is still happening. I mean, I'm I'm just glad we were we we wasn't the team that was that was going to collapse, right? We didn't pull a a, a Minnesota Vikings where I think we collapsed in, in that game. And I and I was I was feeling like that a little bit, but I was still keeping the faith, right? Even in our in our in our private group chat, we was keeping the faith, right? The Buffalo Bills got this. Even when they was down eight, Buffalo Bills got this, right? So um uh, I, I do think that uh it was it, it was an excellent game, especially from uh a mental standpoint, right? Because the Miami Dolphins already beat the Buffalo Bills, and for the team to a team to sweep you now is now it's like okay, is are are we better than this team? Can we beat this team? It, it becomes a psychological warfare, so to speak. If you if you sweep a teams, and we all know how the fan bases are. If God forbid, fins up was to sweep Bills Mafia, right? So it was definitely a, a, a excellent victory. Carrying over to the second half, uh, I I didn't I I I think it was a a bad performance in the in a third quarter from the Buffalo Bills offense, right? We can't come out three straight punts to begin the third quarter. And I think that that allows the Miami Dolphins to get in the game alongside with Cam Lewis. Um, Cam Lewis 
uh, penalty. That was a that was a crazy penalty. I want to ask you a question because yeah. I was I was looking at the inactives and I'm looking at two names and I'm like, one of these two guys should be active. And no disrespect to Cam Lewis, but I'm looking at this guy as terms of to be the odd man. Exactly now, I, who you're talking about. I, I'm I'm looking at Dean Marlowe. Nope. Right. Okay, but but that's that's why I, I know the other guy. But even though D Marlowe, I'm like we 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 wasted a draft pick on D Marlowe. When is he going to get in the game? When is he going to be active? We just giving away draft picks. What's going on here? And Xavier Rhodes. That's the right? guy. That's the other guy. So so when I seen these two guys inactive and I seen Cam Thomas, I'm like okay, uh, we trust the guy. But that was that was a bonehead mistake to to allow the Miami Dolphins to capitalize and build momentum, right? But in the fourth quarter, I think. When it was time to make plays, it was it was our MVP quarterback. And he has to hold on to the football. Of course, he got to have better clock awareness in the pocket. He, you know, you you can't let guys swing back around. You got to have some uh, uh, a mental clock in there, right? But he showed why he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, right? And you spoke about uh, it was weird for the Buffalo Bills to have uh, – tight ends and running backs score touchdowns as opposed to their receivers. And I don't think it's weird at all. I think it's because Josh Allen is that good. When you look at guys like uh, uh, with, with Tua, you look at uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle as the focal point. We heard Mike, uh, Mike Gizeki had his first catch in over three games, yeah. right? You see, the, you see the New York Jets, they have mm -hmm. Garrett Wilson. They do a good job with Garrett Wilson, but they struggle. Their quarterback struggles to implement Elijah Moore and other guys within the offense, right? Josh Allen, he's able because of his franchise generational ability, in my opinion, he's able to get the ball to whoever's open. And I think that ability to be able to scan the field is a trait that separates uh, average quarterback from franchise quarterbacks. And I think he did an excellent job of that today. Look, Akeem, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. You are absolutely correct. Josh Allen spreads the ball around, and he's not afraid to give somebody lesser known a chance. Like Josh Allen is a guy who's going to go out there and say, okay, this guy is on you. His back is turned. This is your chance to prove yourself to this team. And Quinn Morris is out there. He beats the defender. The mm -hmm. defender's back is turned. Josh puts it right over his head. Mm -hmm. And Quinn Morris just makes the catch. Mm -hmm. Either Quinn Morris makes that catch or nobody does. Unless right. there's a freak play where the ball bounces up in the air and a guy sees it and then, like, dives and catches it. You have to, you have to be able to calculate that risk. Yeah. And in this game, Josh Allen did that masterfully. He Josh Allen, in this game, was freaking 25 of 40, which is 62.25% nice. on his passes. 304 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, mm -hmm. a passer rating of 119.2. Mm -hmm. 119.2. Mm -hmm. A beautiful, masterful game by Josh. Hey, now, hey, hey, let's not ignore the 10 attempts for 77 yards on the ground either. Yeah. Let's let's not forget that. You you are you are not missing <laughs> the point here. Because he he look, he had he had yards all over the place. He was doing his thing, and there's no reason why why Josh Allen is nervous flowers for this game. The man was out there balling. Now do you think he played now? I know Jalen Hurst is out there with Philadelphia Eagles and you, we can't ignore the job that he's done. And I think uh, he's not getting his flowers like he needs to. I think he's being overlooked and the way they're playing. I would think he would be the front runner for MVP right now, Jalen Hurst. But after this type of performance, I would have to think Josh Allen in these elements, the way he played, I would have to think he's he's crept back, he's creeping back in this MVP talk. What is what is your thoughts on that? After a four touchdown, zero interception, three hundred yard game, you can't deny him in that in that conversation. Like jo Josh Allen has played tougher competition than Jalen Hurts. Mm. Jalen Hurts has played some good Speak competition. Don't Speak get me wrong. On it. Jo but Josh Allen's played tougher teams than mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's not to say that Jalen Hurts isn't isn't doing his thing because he he certainly is, mm -hmm. and he's definitely earning his stripes. And he's mm -hmm. definitely taking a big step. Like, like he, in his third year, mm -hmm. he is taking a Josh Allen year three type step. Mm -hmm. They've give they surrounded him with talent, right? A lot of talent. They they, they got him Smith uh last year. They got him uh Brown this year. Mm -hmm. He's he's utilizing Goddard, he's utilizing Brown, he's utilizing Sanders, he's utilizing everybody he's got. I'm I'm freaking 
missing syllables here and utilize. Yeah. He's using he's utilizing every single weapon he has, like Josh does. Josh yes. uses Knox, McKenzie, mm -hmm. Diggs, mm -hmm. Davis, today Beasley for first downs, mm -hmm. which is really what Beasley's made for. Mm -hmm. Uh they uh singletary. He Josh uses everybody, and now Hertz is gonna graduate into that same class. He's not quite there yet, he's gonna do it for another year, but still, this is that step that people were like. If Hertz can do this, he's gonna get a he's gonna get a, an extension from the Eagles. And if you ask me, the Eagles should extend him now because if next year he does the same thing, that price tag goes way up. But Jalen Hurts is definitely in the thick of the conversation for MVP, and mm -hmm. I think the three guys are Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, like Tua Tagovailoa played trash defenses, including mm -hmm. ours in Week Three when we mm -hmm. had six of our starters mm -hmm. on defense not playing. Mm -hmm. And then he craps the bed last week against the Chargers, missing seven of their starters. Right. It, like, it's like, what's going on? And the, the collapse is happening the way it happens. Like, I, I've been talking about this for weeks. Like, Josh Allen has a lull in the middle of the season, right? He'll he'll start off hot. We'll go like four and one, five and one. And then we take a little dip in the middle there. And then he gets hot again at the end. And then in the playoffs, he's 14 touchdowns, one interception in his history. And his one interception came in his first playoffs against the Texans. After that, mm -hmm. no interceptions. Mm -hmm. Period. Like it's just his first playoffs, one interception, and then none. I like it. Now let's talk about uh, uh, another guy. I wanted to talk about. Uh, he's been a hot topic as of late, right? We didn't know what what, what was going on in terms of how he was being utilized. Uh, we was looking at Ken Dorsey. We was like we were saying, hey. Brandon Bean, Ken Dorsey, if we're going to pay Dawson Knox uh, top 10, top five tight end money, we're going to have to utilize him as such. Let's, we, we have to utilize him to see if he's even worth that money, right? And I think today in this game against the Miami Dolphins, he was viewed, he was viewed as a vocal point, uh, uh, a vocal point uh, for their offense, uh, a feature yes. in their offense, eight targets, Six receptions, 98 yards, and a touchdown. What are your thoughts about Dawson Knox's game today? You know, Dawson Knox, I, you know, I've talked about this among you guys in the built-in Buffalo group chats. You know, he lost his brother Luke earlier in the season, and, you know, rest in peace to Luke Knox, uh, you know, passing away at 22 years old. It's very sad, and I really feel bad for Knox. He got signed, you know, to his big deal. And his, his, his deal kind of grows as it goes, kind of, you know. Like his first year in the deal, I think it's like 5 or $6 million, and then it goes to like 10 and it's like 15 And it goes up as it goes. Um, mm -hmm. The contract makes sense because he had put in the work, and last year was his breakout year. And, da and Josh Allen looks at Dawson Knox as an escape valve, just like he looks at Beasley as an escape valve. Like, hey, if I don't have anybody open deep and you're mm -hmm. short, it's you or the running back. And mm -hmm. that's what Dawson Knox's job has been. And most of the season, he's still been that escape valve, but he's not been the big play guy. Mm -hmm. And I understand why some Bills fans are like, well, we paid him all this money. Why isn't he that guy? It's like, he's not making that money yet. He makes it next year. And it goes up incrementally. Right mm -hmm. now, I still think he's mourning the loss of his brother. And, I, and I, I feel for him because if I lost my brother, I'd be losing my mind. But today was his breakout day of the season. Like, like you said, dude had 16.3 yards per catch. Mm -hmm. His longest catch was 45 yards. He was not playing any games. Mm -hmm. He was out there to win. Mm -hmm. Dawson Knox, that touchdown was clutch. That was, no easy, that was no easy catch. He went out there and he caught the ball in the end zone. Ooh. Jesus. I'm excited. Caught the ball in the end zone. No. Damn it. <laughs> mm -hmm. no, easy, no easy catch for Dawson Knox. Caught it. Scored. Got us what we needed. Mm -hmm. Next play, Josh goes for two-point conversion. It's a fumble. Oh, my God. No, it's a two-point conversion. We get it. Dawson Knox was crucial in this game. If we don't have him in this game, we don't win this game. Yeah, I think he played well. I do think uh, the two targets that he didn't catch, I think both of them should have been caught. Uh, I thought those was two uh, catchable passes. But all in all, when you score a touchdown and you are uh, a, a target for Josh Allen, a big target, you was able to show that you have speed you have some explosiveness some run after the catch ability you showed 
what you are capable of. We want to see that consistency, though, right? Yes. We want to see you clean up on them drops because you had a good game, but you did have two drops. And there's always stuff to work on. And I think that is something that Dawson Knox can can hone in on and, and, and humble himself about, even though he did score a touchdown. So I like Dawson Knox's performance overall, but definitely yes. still some things to clean up. Um, I want to I want to shift gears because um, uh, I do have I do have some concerns. Right. So let's we, we, we we're, we're happy. We got the victory. Of course, there's first place. But ultimately, the goal is to hoist the Lombardi trophy. We've been here four years in a row. We've won 10 plus games. We've been here. We've done that. We're starting to get accustomed to being a perennial playoff team. And now we want to be able to take the next step into being a Super Bowl perennial team and, and actually winning Super Bowl. So uh, some concerns or some uh, a couple of things that do concern me is first, Ken Dorsey. Uh, I, I liked what he did in the first half. But it seemed to me, now correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going to get your thoughts. It seemed mm -hmm. to me in the second half is when he ran out of creativity and when all else failed, he wanted to lean on Josh Allen. Now, I understand you was with Mike Schuler and Cam Newton when he won the MVP them years. And I know that Josh Allen and Cam Newton get those comparisons or have gotten those comparisons in the past because of josh allen's physical stature and his style of play but if we're going to continue to run josh allen like that i have my concerns in terms of josh allen being for the buffalo bills for the next decade because that's what i envision when i see franchise quarterback for yes. him to be a prime quarterback prime time quarterback a franchise quarterback for the next 10 years not the next five and if Cren dorsey doesn't pick up his creativity in his playbook, I'm afraid he may lean on Josh Allen a little too much. I want to get your thoughts, and then we're going to jump into the comment section. Well, there's there's one comment here. Uh, it actually happens to be from my my actual brother, who's in here, and he said, uh, "Once they started running Josh, they got rolling." And to me, there's a little truth to that, right? When Ken Dorsey recognized that, hey, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, that's going to you know, push us past this. I got to rely on that franchise quarterback. And he gave him some run plays. He gave him some plays where he'd be able to run, where, you know, receivers were schemed one direction and the defense would have to go that way. Otherwise, Josh was going to pick him apart. And then Josh would have his open lanes or they were designed runs. Once that fumble happened, the, uh, the, the Jalen uh, Phillips fumble mm -hmm. happened, mm -hmm. he said, okay, it's, it's time to stop trying to have Josh pass every play. It's time to mix things up. Let's get Josh running. And when it happened, that opened the pass back up. Mm -hmm. Now, this partially also falls on Brandon Bean with the whole offensive line thing. And it's not necessarily his fault because the guys he brought in were supposed to be pro bowlers and studs. He brought in Roger Saffold. Roger Saffold had an atrocious game today. He looked bad. Look bad. He looked. He looked like he's. He's. He looked like he's at that point in his career. <laughs> bad. Yeah. 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 I'm so, glad it's a one year rental. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but most like, definitely. Once Josh started running, and you you put Saffold in that point where he's okay. Our quarterback's even going to run, so it's either going to be the quarterback running or the running back running. Now I can just go ahead and double team this guy and then hit the guy behind him. It seemed like Saffold was more than his element on those plays. Mm -hmm. And then that opened up Josh to being able to pass more, which is when he hit Dawson Knox for that touchdown. Mm -hmm. The creativity seemed to hit him again when he realized what's going on. Mm -hmm. And in the comments here, I see O-line looks bad. Mm -hmm. But same time, when you're doing the same thing over and over again, defenses, like you said in our, in our chat, mm -hmm. are going to cue in on what the heck your offensive line is doing. Mm -hmm. So you have to mix it up. Now, tonight – there were times where I thought that James Cook looked better running the ball than Devin Singletary, especially early on. But later in the game, Devin Singletary seemed to pick it up. So it's, I think it's an accumulation of things, but I think that Dorsey needs to be more open-minded in the moment more than he does necessarily in the entire game. I think that he gets stuck in a, in a, in a rut in certain parts of the game. And he's like, this is working. We're going to stick to this. 
instead of mixing it up early in the game, he was mixing it up the first half. Mm, was beautiful. masterful by Dorsey. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, it was masterful. Like, oh, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. always you, you tell me before, like, hey, Dorsey's play calling is predictable. I can say, I can say, hey, it's third down and two. Mm -hmm. We're running the ball. Mm -hmm. Singletary's mm -hmm. running to the right, mm -hmm. and then you know we get stopped. You know, two yards behind the line. You're like, I knew he was going to happen because mm -hmm. I saw it coming. So I knew they saw it coming. Mm -hmm. But today in the first half, it was masterful. Mm -hmm. But in the second half, it was stale. Yes, because you were doing the same thing you did in the first half, and you know they're gonna make adjustments. Mm -hmm. And then in the, in the in the fourth quarter, that's when Dorsey made his adjustments, mm -hmm. and that's when the offense looked better. Mm -hmm. But Dorsey needs to really take a look at what he's doing and learn to make adjustments quicker than that. You got to be ahead of the curve rather than behind it, because he's been behind the curve most of the year. And I I can agree with you on that. Mm -hmm. We we you and I kind of agree on some of Dorsey stuff, and we kind of disagree. Of course, but today we both agree on everything on this game. It looked great first half. Mm -hmm. It looked stale third quarter. Fourth quarter, mm -hmm. he was like, "Screw it, let's just go off the damn radar mm -hmm. and and run this junk like freaking Top Gun Maverick, mm -hmm. and let's not let these fifth generation fighters see us mm -hmm. hit the target and go home." And and you know what? It did. You know, it did open things up to his. You know, it's not like it didn't work. It worked. The Buffalo Bills got the victory but it is definitely concerning in terms of longevity yes. for your uh for your quarterback right okay. and again and again i know some people even myself i i do have my concerns with ken dorsey i have my concerns with his with his creativity i have my concerns with him um needing to run the ball in situations where i think he should as opposed to passing the ball so yes i do have my concerns but the reality is i'm gonna I'm keep banging this drum is that he is a first-time coordinator he is a first-time offensive play caller um calling plays on any level so the fact that he is uh 11 and 3 the fact that he is first place in the afc i'm not sure how much we can ask for even though we get mad because he's the play caller he's the guy at the time but in reality how much we can ask for from a first time offensive coordinator especially with uh i gotta call a spade a spade i'm not sure especially depending on what's going on with Mitch Morse injury. I, I'm have my concerns with how good our offensive line really is right now. I might have to say average to below average. So yeah. uh, I know Ken Dorsey needs work, but it, it's, it's like when you look, it's first place that, that this where we at is where we need to be and where we want to be at the end of the day. So. I, I can't disagree with you on all that, you know, cause the, it is, it is his first year, mm -hmm. right? And we are in first place in the conference, mm -hmm. and we've beaten good teams. Mm -hmm. Like we, we're not like the Dolphins where we've slaughtered a bunch of bums, and then against good teams we fold. No, even in the losses that we had against good teams, it was close. The mm -hmm. Dolphins got killed by teams. Like the, they got killed forty to seventeen against the Jets, and people were like, "Well, Tua didn't play that game. Tua doesn't play defense. Yeah, he doesn't. Right. He doesn't play defense. Right. He plays offense. <clears throat> right. and, that, and that Jets defense is." outstanding i don't mm -hmm. care what anybody tells me the jets defense is outstanding that last the game last week was tight mm -hmm. the game this week was tight mm -hmm. last week was tight because the jets defense is outstanding and this week was mm -hmm. tight because the the dolphins offense is outstanding mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. have a solid offensive line mm -hmm. they were able to run the ball against us today mm -hmm. um and you know that that's just, that's a testament to them and the the experience that their play caller has as an offensive coordinator Mm -hmm. And now, you know, we spoke about we're going we're going to keep the discussion in terms of some concerns before we get back into some positive talks. Right. And I mean, I'm not this is not negative talk. This is just some concerns. And Ismail has one. Uh, he yes. says, I'm concerned with the run defense. Giving up 101 yards to one player in the first quarter is horrible. Now, is. Izzy, uh, 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 your thoughts on that? You had do you have concerns with the defense at all going forward? Do you have concerns with the run defense going forward? I, I do have some, but I don't see us playing a whole lot of running teams going forward. Like when we when we go see the Bengals, they're not a big running team; they're a passing team. The the one running team that concerns me is the Bears, but they can't pass, so we can actually focus in on the run. Mm -hmm. And then we have the Patriots at the end, which we we kind of own them as of late. So they they run the ball a lot, and we stop them running the ball. So teams that are one dimensional and a running team, <clears throat> we don't really have a problem with those guys. It's mm -hmm. teams that do have the ability to pass. And then have explosive running backs like Mostert. Mm -hmm. you, you can say what you want about Raheem Mostert. 
He's not a power runner. Well, today he looked like one at times. He's not a you know a guy who runs between tackles. Well, today he looked like one at times. He's not this. He's not that. Well, today he looked like those things that he's not supposed to be at times. Mm. And why is that? It's because you have those two speedsters on the outside in Waddle and two, and uh, and uh, Tyreek Hill who go out there and burn defenses on a regular basis. So you, it's hard to play run defense and also guard those two speed demons at times, and we got proven that today when Tyreek Hill, who's nursing an injury, still burnt Trey White with no safety over top because we had to have a safety in the box to stop the run. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a lot of, uh, of football nuances that go on in this, and, and yeah, it's a concern that they we allowed 101 rushing yards, mm-hmm. but how many touchdowns did he score when he ran those 101 yards? Mm-hmm. Like I, mm-hmm. Yards are concerning, but I don't give a Damn, if you run for 500 yards in a game, if you don't score no touchdowns, mm. I don't give a damn. Because when mm. it came to the red zone, they couldn't run the ball to save their lives, except for that mm. one time mm. where we thought they were passing and they, you know, the guy broke two tackles to get in the end zone. I don't remember who it was, but he did it. Ahmed. I'm Ahmed. Mm-hmm. He's what their fourth running back? Like, mm-hmm. uh, because Knight is hurt and there's nothing I hurt. They had two running backs today, and they both played well because we were concerned with the guys beating us in the pass, just like we were concerned when we played the Chiefs, but we didn't have the guys in the secondary to stop them. Today we did. Tyreek Hill had a decent day. Waddle had a decent day. But there was nothing overly concerning that we couldn't overcome because clearly we won the game. But, yeah, when you have a team that can play, the that can pass that well, you're going to ignore the run a little bit and – that's what happened. We got exposed mostly because we were trying to play the pass. Now, you know, do do I have concerns that I can understand is, is concerns? Uh, do I have concerns? Go, you, you go ahead. You go ahead and ask your question. Give me one second. I'll be right No, go ahead. I, I got, yeah, go ahead. So I do have some concerns. You know, you want to be able to stop the run, especially when you're going against a team that's 29th in the NFL in rushing, right? And I was definitely concerned with – Raheem's ability to to get to the second level because of his explosiveness, right? So definitely gap containment was was an issue this game, but I think that is something that can be correctable for the Buffalo Bills. An issue that seems to be an ongoing theme for the defense is tackling. We have to be shorthanded in tackling. We can't the reason why Raheem Mostert was able to get that big play, that big run, because we failed to bring him down. We have to bring down these ball carriers. We have to do a better job tackling. And I think that's something that the Buffalo Bills are have been struggling struggling with throughout the season. So if that's if there's anything defensively I do have concerns with, it's it's being able to consistently tackle, especially when you get in the playoffs and playing these high-powered offenses and playing these players that's able to break tackles and get to the second and third levels and score touchdowns. So that's something I would definitely be concerned with. I agree. 100%. Um get some comments in here we got some comments in uh, um give me some uh keith keith uh, hell says having having trey white white has been great uh what are your thoughts about trey white uh since he's come back from injury if we don't have him i think we lose this game mm. Mm. big so he, he he did get burnt on the touchdown to tyreek hill and he got burnt by waddle uh on one that didn't go for a touchdown <clears throat> but Good, good corners get burnt sometimes, especially when you're facing speed demons. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, he had a bunch of pass breakups on third downs. Trey White shadowed his cor- his receivers very well for most of the game, and he did his job. Uh, he did. There wasn't a lot of fault in Trey White's game today. He 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 had a couple of hiccups. He also hasn't played most of the year. He got some practices in. This is like his third full game, I think. And I believe the first one, he still only played half the snaps because they wanted to kind of ease him in. Mm-hmm. Now he's back. He should have had an interception in this game. Mm-hmm. He, he, he might have should have had two. But, again, he's returning from that injury, and he's he's playing well. Mm-hmm. Do I think that he's playing to Trey White's level, like his maximum level? Absolutely not. But I think that Trey White did his thing today. And that without him today, we probably lose this game. If it's, if it's Kyrie Elam and Dane Jackson going out there, and then somebody else, you know, going out there to relieve them on occasion, Cam Lewis or someone like that. Mm-hmm. This is not a win. 
we lose this by a field goal or by a touchdown. It's, it's, this is not the same game without Trey White. Now, again, you know, I, I said this. I've been banging the, dr the drum for Trey White as well. When you have a, a significant injury like the ACL, it's it's going to take some time. Now, granted, it's not like 20 years ago when you tear your ACL and the medicine and the doctors is not uh, up to the standard as it is now. When you know if you tore your ACL back then, it's a lot more significant. But nowadays, uh, even though players do come back, most players do come back and return to form. It does take some time, right? And uh, I, I I always say. It's, it's, it's going to take some time for Trey White. This is going to be this is his growing page. Sure. This is his growing stage right now. This is the stage where he he's he's going to be a step slow because he's working the way back. This is the stage where he's going to take some time mentally to get back to 100 percent because he has to be 100 uh, percent understanding that his knee can indeed take this aggressive cut back if this receiver cuts back and i think all those type of things take time so i think we'll see trey white back to form uh sometime next year this year he's going to get the rust out the kinks out but definitely uh, a 70 percent trey white is better than no trey white at all so yeah. i'm definitely happy to have him back and i think uh, it, uh i was encouraged by by his performance today you know, I think by the time the playoffs roll around, we might see an 80 to 90% Trey White. As of right now, like you said, he's easing his way back, and I, I said it too, but he, he's right now he's judging how that knee is. He's still getting a feel for where his body is. Mm -hmm. He's still testing it. Mm -hmm. And right now he's in the thick of that whole test process of, can I cut the way I used to cut? Mm -hmm. Can I move the way I used to move? Can I jump the way I used to jump? Mm -hmm. Can I jump this route the way to jump these routes? He's still working on that whole physicality that he used to play with. Mm -hmm. I mean, today he had a, a run stop, and it was like, oh, hey, that was Trey who who tripped up most of it on that play. Luckily, he did because that was probably going for another 65 yards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Trey, Trey White is still figuring out how much he can put on it. Mm -hmm. Even if he's 100% healthy, mentally he still has to catch up to that. And that, that that's a concern. For him, and obviously for the rest of the team, but I know that the guys trust him, and and I trust him too. And again, I trust a seventy percent Trey White, like you said, over a hundred percent Dane Jackson. Mm -hmm. Give me, give me that all day, because Trey White's an All Pro at one hundred percent, two time All Pro at one hundred percent. Give me seventy percent Trey White. I'm taking that like you know, like it, like a really good or a pretty good DB who's never going to be an All Pro. Right, right. Now, you know. We're going into the playoffs, eleven and three. We're 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 rolling. In my opinion, <clears throat> in a perfect world, the starting cornerbacks come playoff time would be Tre'Davious White and Kyrie Elam. Yeah. He was he was active today. Uh, he yeah, was good. on he was on the field. I think you know Tyreek Hill. He made some plays, but those was great plays Tyreek Hill made against Elam. Elam was in coverage, and uh, he had plays later on in the game as well. I was really encouraged by Kyrie Elam's game, and I think he even was noticeable on special teams in the beginning of the game when they had uh, some good field position. He was able to run down Mostert to start the game, and the Buffalo That's Bills. Mean, baby. Above the Buffalo Bills that Jalen Wallow play showed that we still do lack speed, but is that is not because of Kyrie Elam. And I was encouraged by his performance today. Was you happy he was active? And what do you feel and how do you feel about Kyrie Elam's performance? So personally, if it's me and I have to choose between Kyrie Elam and uh, Xavier Rhodes being active, I'm choosing Kyrie Elam. The best way to develop somebody is to let them play most of the time. Like mm -hmm. there's some guys who need to sit down for a while and develop, and there's some guys who need to go out there and actually just play and learn what they're doing, make the mistakes, and go through their lumps. Kyrie Elam, I think, is one of those guys. Mm -hmm. You don't want to put him out there for you know a whole half or a whole mm -hmm. game, mm -hmm. but you let him get out there and figure it out by taking repetitions in an actual game. And yeah, he had his hiccups today, but he also had a beautiful pass breakup that was intended for Tyreek Hill that, mm -hmm. that sent them to a punt. Mm -hmm. He had a bunch of plays yeah. today. Yeah. That 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 really defined what he can actually be. He almost had an interception on that wide receiver screen to Tyreek Hill. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like he he read that and jumped the route. He just couldn't get there in time. But 
he is beginning to really figure out what this defense is and what his role and his niche would be within said scheme. And when we drafted him, I personally knew he wasn't out of scheme fit. He is a press cover corner in college. Mm-hmm. He's coming to a zone scheme. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not to say that he can't learn it and become that. But if he does, he's going to be an elite press cover zone scheme receipt corner mm-hmm. who's able to do both. Now imagine we gotta run, we gotta run man because the team we're playing is a zone beater. So you gotta run man. Kyer Elam is perfectly capable of running a press man scheme. He's better at press man than Trey White is, mm-hmm. but he's nowhere near Trey White when it comes to zone and within the scheme. He needs development, and I think that they're doing a good job of that. I like it a lot, and you know, I, I think this would this is an excellent comment going right to it. Uh, Teron Johnson showed up today. What's up, bro? Teron, Teron Johnson showed up hard. That's my brother right there. What's going on, bro? Yeah, Teron Johnson, he definitely showed up today. I think he made some plays. He definitely jumped out on tape. And and, and we needed that from him. The Buffalo Bills are, are stubborn in terms of staying in that nickel defense. They're not getting out that nickel defense no matter what. And that is because of they the play to of Teron Johnson. Um, I, I do think he played well and stepped up today. He, he did. I think that they, he was exposed today, too, within the run game. And it's because, you know, they were running two receivers and mm-hmm. we still kept Teron Johnson out there. And I think there were some plays where it's obvious it's first down, first down and they've been running the ball on us. They shoved it down throughout the first half, first quarter, especially. Mm-hmm. And you could have had a couple of plays where you put A.J. Klein out there or you put a Terrell Bernard out there who can help stop the run. Someone bigger. You, you got 190 pound Teron Johnson going up against a, a lineman who's 300 pounds. He's not doing it. You could even put Dotson out there, and I think that he could have helped on some of those obvious run plays. Um, also, on first first down, second down, if it's me and it's a team that's capable of running and have shown you, I'm putting Shaq Lawson on the line. Mm-hmm. He is excellent at setting the edge and allowing the guys behind him to make the play. And if you go outside of that edge he set, he's excellent at making the play himself. And Shaq Lawson, let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. How invaluable has Shaq Lawson become to this defensive line with Von Miller missing? Yeah, I I think he's huge. When when he was initially uh, signed for the Buffalo Bills, because it seemed like him and Jordan Phillips uh, was a package deal, right? I was I was thinking that you know you know Shaq Lawson was kind of like the throw in, and Jordan Phillips was was the was the kind of like the main guy in this package deal. And I think Jordan Phillips has played well. While he's been in, while he's been healthy, but what Shaq Lawson has done, I think, is is tremendous. He's I don't he's playing. He has he has that 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 chip on his shoulder. He was released by the Miami Dolphins after signing ooh, that ooh, big ooh. contract. He was released by the New York Jets. He made it clear about his nine million dollars. So he has something to play for. He's still a first round pick, and I think playing for the Buffalo Bills. He gets to be free. He gets to play uh, play his style, his brand of football, and I think he is his best self in a Buffalo Bills uniform, and he has been invo- invaluable to the to the defensive squad. I agree. And and Shaq, look, uh, I, he last as of last week, he had like one point five sacks and eleven tackles. He hadn't played much. It was Vaughn, AJ. It was Groot. It was Basham. And now that Vaughn's out, Shaq is getting the show out. In my opinion, Shaq against the run is nice. But now he's getting into passing lanes, putting his hands up, smacking the ball out of there. Shaq is literally fighting for his NFL career, and he's showing it. Mm-hmm. He's not going out like a punk. He's going out there and saying, look, I am no punk ass. You are going to need me to go forward. In these playoffs, when you want somebody down in the backfield, you're going to want me out there with Ed Oliver. You're going to want me and, and, and Groot. You're going to want Daquan Jones. You're going to want me to go out here and set this edge and or beat this guy to get in the passing lane to put my hands up there and do it. Shaq is fighting for his NFL career, and the fight, in my opinion, is valiant. He's going out there and doing his thing, and to me, he's earning another contract. Now, don't get it wrong. get me wrong here. I don't think he's fighting for a $30 million three-year contract where he's getting $10 million a year. But I think he's earning a $3 million per year contract. I think he's doing enough to stick with the team next year. Uh, for I the Bills. I, th- I think he's found a home with the Bills. He hasn't been successful anywhere, anywhere else. else. Yeah. So yeah. why not Why not stay home? You might have to take whatever you need to take. 
yeah. honestly, if you want to continue to have your NFL career, like you said, and have success. Have so you might have to take a five-year, $10 million career. deal. You might have to take $2 million a year. But yeah. Yeah. if you don't take it here, where are you going? Right. Where are you right. going? You going home? Or you can stay here, keep kicking ass like you're kicking ass, be on a no. team that you're good with because you're not good with anybody else. However, I don't want to down Shaq right now, but for us, he has made himself invaluable. Yeah. He just made himself so valuable that we almost need him. But at the same time, it's like, where else are you going to go? So there's, mm-hmm. there's there's a middle ground here to be made. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it a lot. And now, you know, I know we've been getting on the offensive line, and this Mitch Morse injury is definitely something we sure. have to, 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 to watch throughout the week because it is concerning because it is Mitch Morse. It is our center. He is a, 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 a very important piece for our Buffalo Bills, and he has a history of concussions. So this is definitely something to watch. It's definitely concerning. But – uh, I have to. I, I have to give a shout out to Greg Van Roten, man. Yes, I. I, I we the offensive yes. line struggled, but Greg Van Roten. I didn't notice any snap issues. I didn't notice Mitch Morse being out until I was told. You know, uh, Mitch Morse was out. I think Greg Van Roten did a, a solid job coming in at center. I was automatically started getting thoughts about the Minnesota Vikings game. I started uh, automatically getting thoughts of of the worst. But Greg Van Roten came in and did an excellent job filling in for Mitch Morse at center. So I know the offensive line struggled throughout the day with sacks and penalties. But Greg Van Roten stepped up and, and in my opinion, did a, did a tremendous job at center today. I agree. I think that uh, our, most of our struggles were from Saffold. Uh, Questenberry had a couple of hiccups at right guard uh, with Bates out. I think that if Bates, when, when Bates comes back, we'll be better off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Van Roten earlier in the season when he had to back up Morse when he had the the, the elbow injury, mm-hmm. Van Roten had a couple of Aaron snaps. It seems like being able to practice most of the year as a backup center has given him some 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 renewed ability to play center because last last few years he's played guard for the Jets. He hasn't played center in a while, and now he's back with the with, with, with the Bills or not back with the Bills, but he's with the Bills. And he's back playing guard slash center because last week he had to jump in at guard when Bates went out. Mm-hmm. And today, when Morse went out, he had to go in at center. And I think that being able to have most of this year to be able to practice as backup center has served him mm-hmm. well because he mm-hmm. played – I wouldn't, I don't want to say as good as Morse, but you didn't notice that much of a difference. If it's me, I take Van Roten as a backup center all day, every day over John Feliciano. Mm, I like that take. I like that take. Um, once again, uh, Izzy, A. Rich, Red Zone Report, post-game show, our Buffalo Bills defeat the Miami Dolphins by the score of 32-29. to 29. Uh, We get some more comments in here. Anything Anything? Anything you want to add while I look, at, look, look for some comments? Let me think. Uh... Let's get this. I think I think I think today was the first day this year that I thought Edmonds had a better day than Milano. Okay, I like I think, it. I think, I think I think Milano's had a good game just about every game he's played this year, but mm-hmm. today he kind of had an off day, which everybody's entitled to one. Mm-hmm. And Milano, Milano's my guy. Like when he got drafted, I didn't know much about him, and then I saw him outshine Ramon Humber, and then I was like, he needs to start. Like, why are they waiting so long? And I understand now why they wait so long, but. Today was just a, an off day for Milano, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and I think that he'll 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 pick it back up next week when we play. Uh, who's it? The Bears next week? I believe so. I believe yeah, so. Next, next week we play running backs who are not nearly as fast as Raheem Mostert. Mm-hmm. Uh, the concern Je- next week running is going to be the, the running quarterback. Back, the quarterback. quarterback. Uh, yep. Justin uh, Fields. Fields. Yep. I want to say Jeff Fields, but I know it's Justin. Uh, I think that that that's going to be the concern, but. Again, when it comes to quarterbacks, Milano doesn't really miss. It's usually the running backs that will give him any kind of trouble. And this year, no one has until today. He he missed one earlier this year that was kind of rough, but it was kind of a play that was on the sideline, and he, he literally was trying to drive the guy to the sideline, and the guy just made a great move. Mm-hmm. And those happened, but mm-hmm. I think Milano's day-to-day was not the best day of his career. Now, um, one more topic before you know before we before we wrap it up. Uh, Stefan Diggs, five receptions, 60 yards. We've been seeing him 
kind of frustrated on the sidelines here and there the last couple of weeks. I've seen some frustrations tonight. Tonight, uh, I yeah. believe I've seen some frustrations either last week or the week before. Um, he's been quiet for the last month. They said he hasn't been over 100 yards in about four games. Yep. Uh, what, do, what do you think about uh, Stefan Diggs in terms of his his quieter performance as of late? Is it the defense focusing more on Stefan Diggs, keying in on him, wanting the other guys to make plays? Or is there some type of uh, chemistry issue between Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs? I don't think there's any any chemistry issues between Josh and Diggs. I think that they are in sync. But I think the defenses are keying in on him because so many of our other receivers are having drops problems. McKenzie drops. Davis drops. Today, Davis was excellent. Mm -hmm. You know, when we needed Davis to make a play, he made a play. Mm -hmm. uh, McKenzie had a couple drops today that were concerning. Um, Beasley just came back, so I can't expect him to replace McKenzie with Beasley this quick. Mm -hmm. But they're, they're making Josh go elsewhere. Mm -hmm. they're, they're doing the Bill Belichick thing where – we're going to take away your number one guy, and we're going to make you beat you with everybody else. Mm -hmm. And Josh was able to do it today. With Knox stepping up the way he did, Diggs didn't have to be the number one guy. Knox was. And we needed that step up from somebody, and thank God it's the guy we paid all this money so Twitter can shut the hell up about it. Mm -hmm. But Davis mm -hmm. and, and, and Diggs today both had not many drops, if any. Mm -hmm. The drops by Diggs today were – Either Josh trying to fit into a certain spot and he knows that either Diggs is getting it or nobody getting it. Mm -hmm. And then there were a couple of plays by McKenzie where he should have caught it. Like the one where David where Diggs got frustrated. He's like, dude, I'm open. Mm -hmm. And you hit McKenzie instead of me. And he mm -hmm. dropped it. And he's mm -hmm. been dropping balls all year and I haven't really been doing that. Mm -hmm. So I can understand on that particular play where Diggs gets frustrated because that that spot, Diggs is catching the ball, probably getting the first down. Mm -hmm. And McKenzie dropped it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think that I think that it's more of an on the spot kind of deal rather than an overall kind of deal, because teams want to take digs away. So you right. have to be counting other guys, which is why you bring back a Cole Beasley, mm -hmm. you bring back a John Brown. Those guys they may not be activated for every game going forward to, in the regular season, mm -hmm. but in the postseason the practice squad has unlimited call ups. Nice. Right? So in, in the mm -hmm. postseason you can call up both Beasley and Brown every mm -hmm. game. If you want. They, uh -huh. they can be called back as many times as you want in each game. And that may be what they're saving those guys for. Bring you up to speed, and then when we need you in the playoffs, we know you don't drop passes. So that, that's the thing. Another thing that's weird is, is they're not using Shakir so much, and Shakir hasn't really had many problems with drops. He's, and I also understand he's a fifth-round pick and he's young, but and they'd like to bring those guys along slow, but I think that they could use Shakir a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, we'll we'll see what happens as 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 we 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 finish off the the end of the regular season. I do give credit to Ken Dorsey for utilizing multiple backs, utilizing Motor Singletary. He had success today. James Cook had a touchdown. Right, uh, Naheem Hines had a touchdown. So it was Absolutely. it it was it was good to see all all three of our running backs not only step in but step in and produce in the roles that they was able. Uh, to produce in so that was that was definitely uh definitely great to see um yes, once, sir. once again uh the buffalo bills defeat the miami dolphins by the score of 32 to 29 izzy a rich uh red zone post game show izzy um uh, I'm, I'm very very satisfied with this victory i i think that it it it's a it's a a big win it was it was a, a win that we needed to avoid getting swept and it was a win that we needed to to go ahead and and reclaim the afc title once again and and hopefully continue to to go forward in the quest for that number one seed and in, in first round by so it was definitely a a, a important victory a, a a big win and now we get to sit back tomorrow and and watch the rest of the field how how it unfolds while we sit on top. Is there anything else you got to say before uh, uh, we get out of here? No, not really. It's just you know, it, it's a it's a wonderful day. It was a beautiful game. Both teams played their hearts out. Like I got to give the Dolphins their, their their flowers here. They came to win. They didn't come here to BS. 
the whole, you know, it's cold and the Dolphins aren't going to show up narrative went away. As a Bills fan, got to give the Dolphins some credit here. You came here and you punched us in the mouth. We got up and knocked you out. And that's just what it is. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. But we commend you for the fight. Mm-hmm. Right? This wasn't a Tyson versus some scrub. This, this, this was a knockdown drag out battle. This was a John Jones versus freaking, I forget that Swedish guy's name now, but. Not Cormier. No, no, not Cormier. The first one, <laughs> the first one was good, but it was, uh, I, I'm forgetting his name. He, he's from Sweden. He's a big Swedish guy. But this was that fight where it went to a split decision. And this is like, it's a knockdown drag out. Anybody could win this fight. And it is what it is. Yeah. The Bills yeah. came out there and, and did what they had to do. The Dolphins did, did their best, and we split with them this year. And both games, one was a two-point win for the Dolphins, one was a three-point win for the Bills. Uh, clearly, as of right now, this is the rivalry in the East going forward. Uh, we'll see how the Dolphins do going forward. I, I see them winning maybe one or two more games this year, but uh, good luck to them, I guess. I really don't care. I don't like them, so they can lose all the rest of the games and I wouldn't be hurt, but I mean, it's it's definitely it's 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 definitely something that you know. I give respect. This was just respect yeah, in yeah. general. Like definitely. you got my respect, but I hope you lose the rest of your games. Of course, of course, and definitely gotta you know give respect, even though you know we're gonna talk our we're gonna talk our talk. Um, but this is definitely something that is 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 it's brewing, right? And it's it's possible that. It could be a Bills Dolphins round three come playoff time. It's Very possible. it's possible it could be a Bills Jets round three come playoff time. Shit, it's possible it could be a Bills Patriots round three come playoff That's a win. time. I just you know we you know we we at the point of the season where it gets exciting because we can kind of expect the unexpected. So who knows who's in our in our vision in the near future so definitely a a a big victory for the buffalo bills and we're going to take this and we're going to ride this way for now and and we're going to say it may not be goodbye who knows but definitely until next time we're going to take this victory so uh is it from izzy uh a rich uh big victory buffalo bills bills mafia big 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 doves uh izzy you got your show tomorrow right I got my show tomorrow. It's the resident report tomorrow still. Uh, most of this year, the resident report has been the post-game show. Uh, and Sundays, I still do my show as of late. So I am going to do my show tomorrow, the uh, AFC East, State of the AFC East. Nice. Uh, I may be cutting into one of the games. Um, end of the game. And last time I did that, the show went well. So if I cut into one of the games, I don't care. I'll call it and we'll see what happens. Uh, but you know, the AFC East is an interesting division going forward. Uh, but yeah, I have my show tomorrow. Uh, we got to hit this outro whenever you're ready. You let me know. Oh, yeah, yeah, you wanted to play this. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, once again, from Izzy, A Rich, Bills in Buffalo, big dubs, Buffalo Bills get this victory and remain on top first place in the AFC. Izzy, take us away. All right, here we go. We have, we have an actual outro we're gonna hit, but or we usually we're gonna we're supposed to hit, but. Today, nah, we ain't doing that. We are going to do something a little bit different. Let me see. Share screen and Chrome tab. And everybody enjoy it. (laughs) Oh, the weather outside is frightful. But the fire is so delightful. It came late, baby. Since that must have been fun to be out there, man. Had to be. Let it snow, let it snow, let, let, it, it, snow. let it snow. It doesn't show signs of stopping. Tricky, baby. Let's go. For popping. Lights are turned down low. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. When we finally 